Welcome to Striving for Revival with Justin Cooper, Assistant Pastor at North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California. This broadcast will challenge and encourage God's people to seek revival. We pray you'll be blessed as you listen to Striving for Revival. Welcome to the Striving for Revival radio broadcast. This is Pastor Justin Cooper coming to you today from the KNVBC studio at the North Valley Baptist Church here in Santa Clara, California. My, what a privilege it is to have you join me for the broadcast today. And what an honor is mine to take the King James Bible and to share with you some eternal truth from the very Word of God. I'm looking forward today as we continue with our Bible study here in the book of James. If you're new to the broadcast, we've been studying verse by verse through the epistle of James now for four broadcasts. This will be broadcast number five, and we've gotten down through verse number six, and we'll reread these verses today and give just a little quick rundown, and then our new verses will be, of course, verse seven, and we'll finish with verse 11, it looks like, probably in today's broadcast. I hope you're having a great day today. I hope that your Bible's closed, that maybe uh, you're able to follow along with me as I read. And if not, I hope you have read your Bible today. Maybe it's early in the morning, maybe it's late in the evening, but make sure you don't go from start to finish in a day having not opened and read the Word of God. In fact, I always tell people what I uh, try to do is I fall out of bed and land in my Bible. That's right. Get it done in the morning, first thing, and that way it's in. And also it helps your day, just directs your steps, gives you a little bit of a, uh, just the right kind of a focus on the day. And so I want to encourage you, make sure you're a Bible reading individual. The Bible says to study to show ourselves approved unto God, Paul wrote to Timothy. And that way we can be a workman that doesn't need to be ashamed and learn how to rightly divide our Bible. Here we are in James, all right, this general epistle. Now, again, James is called a general epistle because it's not written to any specific individual nor church, but to the 12 tribes scattered abroad. That means it's written to these Jewish converts, these dispersed Jewish people who've been saved by the grace of God. Now, we can find application, of course, for us, and uh, some good uh, just Christian principles in this epistle. Also, there are some, I believe, tribulation context in this epistle, and just uh, some great information inspired and preserved for us here in this letter that James wrote. Now, you say, who is James? James is the brother half-brother of Jesus Christ. And I know the Catholic Church would try to promote and push that Mary was a perpetual virgin, but that's not true at all. In fact, the Bible itself disputes that, that Mary and Joseph did have children. Jesus, of course, was not the son of Joseph. He is the only begotten son of God, conceived in the womb of Mary, the virgin, by the Holy Ghost. But then after that, Mary and Joseph married, had children, just like the natural thing is, and James is one of those. James also pastored the church in Jerusalem. Now, we'll read these verses. James, the servant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ, to the twelve tribes which are scattered abroad, greeting. My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations, knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience. But let patience have her perfect work, that you may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God, that giveth to all men liberally, and upbraideth not, and it shall be given him. So, so far we have the admonition that when we face trials, we should count it all joy. Not the trial, but the knowledge we have that God works through trial. What does God do? In trial, God puts us there and it helps strengthen our faith. Our faith tried produces patience. Patience helps the Christian to mature. In these trials of life, we're going to need wisdom. Wisdom is different than knowledge. Knowledge is information. Wisdom's how to appropriate or apply the information. Now, you might have some 
wisdom, but you might not have wisdom for what you need today. You might have wisdom for what you've gone through in the past, but you might not have wisdom to face the future. But the good news is we can go to God who has all wisdom, is the well of wisdom, the source and genesis of wisdom. And we can ask God. That means we pray. And when we pray and ask God for wisdom, the Bible said that he'll give us that wisdom liberally. That means without restraint, without any kind of lacking or shortage in it. He'll give all that we need and then some. And he won't upbraid us. That means he won't mock us. He won't revile us. He won't ridicule us. Now, the next verse says, when we do pray or ask, we must do it in faith. Faith is trust in God. And faith is dependence upon God. Faith is reliance in God. Faith does not mix with doubt any more than water mixes with oil. The Bible said, let him ask in faith, nothing wavering. That means don't have any kind of hesitation. Don't have any reservation. Don't let doubt come in and corrupt your faith. For he that wavereth is like a wave of the sea driven with the wind and tossed. So in, uh, so, uh, destabilized, you know, it not no stability at all. And this wave rocking back and forth with the wind in the sea. That's how life is when you don't have faith in God. Faith in God anchors us. Faith in God stabilizes us. Faith in God plants us on that solid rock and gives our feet that sure foundation. Doubt does not. Doubt diminishes faith, and doubt is not the victory. Faith is the victory. So doubt is that which robs us of our victory. Verse 7, For let not that man think that he shall receive anything of the Lord. If you pray in doubt, then don't believe, don't believe for a moment you're going to get what you need. It's faith that moves the hand of God. It's faith that opens the windows of heaven. It's faith that makes the showers of blessings rain down, not doubt. So the Bible makes a very bold and plain statement here. It says, uh, uh, you know, last-ditch prayer mingled with doubt is a waste of time. That kind of praying does not move God to do anything. The observation uh, that you have as you live the Christian life, just living the Christian life, is that when you're weak in faith, you don't really see any big answers to prayer. You don't see much answer to prayer whatsoever. But I tell you, you have that unwavering faith, that stable faith, that solid faith, that sure faith in God. You'll see the hand of God move in your direction. You'll see God answer prayer. Verse number eight, a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. James is about to transition to another thought, and we'll conclude with that here in just a moment. But before he does, he kind of puts the capstone on this first part of the chapter. And he says, a double-minded man, a man who praises God, then doubts God, a man who says, I believe God, and then questions God, a man who loves God and then gets bitter at God, a man who prays and then a man who complains, a man who reads his Bible, then a man who seeks help on the internet. I mean, he goes different directions. He's double-minded. The Bible said he's unstable in all his ways. That word, double-minded, that means he's wavering. That means he's uncertain. That means he's full of doubt. He has a divided heart, a divided mind, and that means he has divided interests. The thought is a Christian who's a believer, but at the same time he says he believes but doubts God's ability to give him what he needs uh, is not going to get what he needs in time of trouble. He's unstable. He's unsettled. He doesn't have a solid foundation. The Bible tells us that uh, Jesus is our rock. We're built upon the foundation laid by Jesus Christ and the apostles. But can I say, even with that sure foundation positionally, as a Christian being saved, I'm on a foundation, no doubt about it. But everyday practical living, I can put my feet on some very in unstable uh, terrain when I start to live by doubt. I'm sort of like a 
buoy bobbing up and down in the sea or a boat tossed about by the winds and as long as we allow ourselves to live that way god is not going to help us the way god wants to help us why because it's faith that pleases god he that cometh to god must believe that he is and he that he's a rewarder of them that what diligently seek him all right verse number nine let the brother of low degree rejoice in that he is exalted but the rich in that he is made low because as the flower of the grass he shall pass away for the sun is no sooner risen with a burning heat but it withereth the grass and the flower thereof falleth and the grace of the fashion of it perisheth so also shall the rich man fade away in his ways the brother of the Lord, James, is writing this, shifts now to another thought. Down through the ages, there's always been Christians who've been poor. In fact, most of the time, you're either destitute, naked, and impoverished. James admonishes them, don't let that get you down, but rejoice, brother of low degree. One of the trials of life might be you might suffer through poverty. You might be poor. And that's probably what James is referring to here. But he said, I want you to understand, don't worry about that. You weather it well. You pray and ask for wisdom. And one of these days, you're going to be exalted. You're going to have a high rank. You might be of low estate financially, but you can be blessed spiritually. You might be looked down on by the world, but you can be exalted in the things of the Lord. So the fullness of this realization is going to be when Christ returns. So remember this, it's going to be worth it all to serve Jesus. You say, but I don't have what he has and I don't have what she possesses. That's okay. You have the Lord. You have all that you need. And now he gives us the contrary to that, uh, but the rich in that he's made low because as the flower of grass, he shall pass away. So the Bible talks about then, even as now, there were brethren in the church that had money. They were rich. James counsels them, rejoice in the fact that you're going to be humbled because affluence can make a man fragile, if you will. And the love of money is the root of all evil, the Bible talks about. But things in life might come and rob you of your riches, but don't let that make you quit. Don't let that make you get bitter at God. Don't let that make you be uh, one who turns away from the faith. But rejoice in this, that God knows what he's doing in your life. Count it all joy. Count it all joy. You might have to pray and ask for wisdom. You might have to pray and ask for direction. But here it is, count it all joy. Listen, this world is not our home or just a passing through. That's what verse 11 talks about. So whether you have money or you don't, listen, ask God for wisdom. Count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations and know this, that when Jesus comes back, everything's going to work out all right for the child of God. You'll hear well done and it'll be worth it all when you see Jesus face to face. Until next time, pray for revival. Thank you for joining us today for Striving for Revival with Justin Cooper, assistant pastor at North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California. Listen at this time every weekday as we strive for revival.